we're going to look at the scripture for a few minutes and talk about flow, the flow of the Holy Ghost, the flow of the Spirit. But before we do, we want to pray, pray together. We have a number of requests. There are some needs that we've been mentioning and been praying about over the last several weeks, um, as well as some new ones. But we do want to continue to pray for Brother David Teague, also David Porter, Brian Curtis. Pray for Brother Martin, our district superintendent, who is scheduled to have surgery today. Also, those that may be affected by the COVID virus, we want to remember them. And also Raymond Doak, all of these needs, we can ask the Lord to help us today. Ask the Lord to help us in this Bible study as we study his word. So why don't you pray, take, take time with me, pray for a moment as we enter into this service. Lord Jesus, what an honor it is today to know you, to be able to pray. And we thank you, Lord, for your presence in our life. Thank you for the many times you have answered our prayers and met our needs. And we know, Lord, that our sufficiency comes from you. We ask, Lord, that you would be with us tonight in this Bible study. Ask you, Lord, to put your hand up on our church family. Lord, those that may be listening to this Bible study, we pray for these that are sick. And ask, Lord, that you would grant strength and healing in their body. Brother David Teague and Brother Porter, as he goes through surgery tomorrow, we pray that your blessing would be upon Brother Martin. Touch Raymond Doak. We pray for Sherry Marks. All of our needs, Lord Jesus. Touch these that are sick tonight. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So thank you again for joining us. If you have your Bible, I'm going to read one verse from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 19. And while you're turning in your Bible, I do want to remind you that we do have service here Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. We had scheduled revival with uh, Jamin and Jeremy Hart, and they have had a, um, unfortunately, they had a death in their family and are going to be out of town this weekend. And so we are going to have service at 10 o'clock here Sunday morning, anticipate a great uh, time in the Lord, so make plans to be here. We won't, we won't have live classes, so we'll all be here in the sanctuary together at 10 o'clock this coming Sunday morning. Amen. Again, I want to talk to you tonight for a few minutes about flow, about the flow of the Holy Ghost, the flow of the Spirit in our life. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 19 says, Quench not the Spirit. Quench not the Spirit. One translation of that verse uses the word stifle. Don't stifle the Spirit. Uh, another version called the Berean version uses the word extinguish. Don't extinguish the Spirit. Don't, you know, don't uh, squelch it. Don't hold it back. Um, the contemporary English version of the Bible, which is just another translation, it uses these words. It uses the words turn away. Don't turn away the Spirit. Don't turn away the Spirit of the Lord. And so I, I want to talk to you about this flow, the flow of the Holy Ghost. And I think that it's very, very important that every one of us recognize and realize tonight that God, when He created us, He did not just create us to be a vessel that He can pour His Spirit into, that He can pour His love into and fill our lives with joy and peace and and all the wonderful benefits and the blessings of the gift of the Holy Ghost, but that God created us to be a channel for His Spirit. So we're not just supposed to be filled up and become a reservoir and retain all of the blessings of the Lord, but that God actually created us to be a, a channel that He can actually flow through. And the reason is that so that we can go out and we can affect other lives. People around us, people in the world, they are touched by God through His body, through the church, through people like you and I. And so we want to be that channel of His Spirit so that when God begins to flow through us, 
He can touch people's lives. They can experience the love of God. They can know the Lord through people like you and I. And sometimes whenever the Lord begins to move through people, that flow of the Spirit gets blocked. That, that moving of God's Spirit through us gets held up for different reasons. And so tonight I want to talk to you about letting God work through you, letting God's Spirit flow through you so that you and I, we can make a difference. We can be effective workers and effective people in the kingdom of God. The Spirit of God, many times in the Scripture, and many times today, we describe the Spirit of the Lord as God in action. And when you look at the Holy Ghost or you look at the Spirit of the Lord in the Bible, it is describing God at work. It's describing God moving. The Bible talks about the Spirit of the Lord, how that the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters, how that it uh, hovered in one translation. It says it hovered in creation. It moved on the face of the waters. The Spirit is described as wind. It, it blows where it wants to. It's, it's described as oil, flowing oil. And so when you talk about the Spirit of the Lord, we're talking about God moving, God at work, God, uh, you know, being God actually moving in people's lives. And so that's what we desire tonight. That's what we want. We want the Holy Ghost to move through us. Again, we don't want to just be that reservoir. We don't want to just be a, a tank that is filled up with the Spirit of the Lord and it stays with us. But we want to open the gates. We want to open the door and let God flow through us so that we can speak to people, touch people's lives, and make a difference in the kingdom of the Lord. When Jesus described the gift of the Holy Ghost, this is the way he described it. He said that when people believe on him, as the scripture has said, he said, out of that individual is going to flow rivers of living water. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, they, which they that believe on him should receive. And so the gift of the Holy Ghost, when people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, Jesus described it as something flowing out of us, flowing through our lives. This rushing mighty wind that filled the house on the day of Pentecost. God's Spirit moving. And so that's certainly what we want to be. We want to be a, a place that God can move through. We want to be a person that God's Spirit can speak and move through like a river flowing, like wind blowing, like oil flowing. Amen. And so we want to be a channel of the Holy Ghost. And so that's why Paul said, do not quench the Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 30, the Apostle Paul wrote this to the church. And if you have your Bible, you can look this verse up. But Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 30, look what he says here in this verse. He says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Grieve not. Don't suppress it. Don't hold this, the work of the Spirit of the Lord back. Now, the truth of the matter is, is that God is sovereign. God can do anything He wants to do. And nobody can prevent God from doing what He wants to do. But I would tell us tonight that God, we can't prevent God from moving in us because God's not going to force Himself upon anybody. God's not going to make anybody comply. But we can restrict the work of the Holy Ghost. We can we can quench the, the, the working of the Spirit of the Lord in our life. And so this is what I'm talking about. He says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of, of God. And then Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, just a few pages over in your Bible. 
And so when Paul writes to this young preacher, he's, he's talking about the Spirit of the Lord. And he, uh, in one place he says to uh, fan into the flame, get the fire of the Holy Ghost moving. Because the, fire, the Holy Ghost is like a fire. And one attribute of a fire is that it's always moving. The flame is always flickering. And the Spirit of the Lord needs to be moving. The Spirit of the Lord is not intended to be stagnant within us. And so Paul writes in 1 Timothy 4.14, he says, Neglect not the gift that is in thee. Don't neglect the Spirit of the Lord. Don't overlook it. But let God work. And so New Life United Pentecostal Church, I'm, just, I'm, a, I'm, I'm encouraging you today. Let God flow. Let God work in your life. Let the Holy, when the Lord begins to prompt you, or the Lord begins to convict you, or the Lord begins to speak to you, follow that. Follow that leading. Follow that prompting. Listen to what the Holy Ghost is telling you to do, and don't hold back. When you go back and you read these verses that we read in our text from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, when he says, to quench not the Spirit, there are some verses that precede that that talk about rejoicing evermore and praying without ceasing and in everything giving thanks. And so it's this, this constant uh, interaction with the Lord of, of rejoicing and praising the Lord and giving thanks to the Lord and, and to pray without ceasing. And I would say to us tonight that one way that people quench the Spirit in their life is they stop giving thanks and they stop praising the Lord and they stop praying. They, when people are not interacting with the Lord, they are, they are limiting the influence and the work of the Spirit of the Lord in their life. So it's time we pray. It's time we worship the Lord. It's time that we give thanks, be grateful people, people full of gratitude. And so here's, here's, here's what I really want to talk to you tonight. If the Lord is not flowing, if the Lord is not working, if God's Spirit is not working in your heart, if your prayers are going nowhere, if, if you don't feel like that God is, is uh, if you're effectively working for the Lord, that it's very possible that we need to check, our, check ourselves for things that are limiting God at work in our life. That, we're, that we need to look for areas that, that might be holding the work of the Holy Ghost back in our lives. Something that's stopping God from working in our lives and that's when we need to check our heart that's when we need to check our relationships with other people that's when we need to check our motives to make sure our motives are pure and so I want to talk to you here for just a moment about things that stop the flow of the God's spirit in our life number one I would tell you that sin stops the flow of God's spirit in our life when people have sin in their life when people uh, have been convicted of sin, and they do not repent of that. When people do not ask for forgiveness, or they do not confess their sin before the Lord, that that is a that is a inhibitor. That is something that will stop the flow of God in your life. So when 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 you read the Scripture, or you you come to knowledge of sin, that's the time to repent of. When the Holy Ghost begins to prompt you, make this change, take this on, stop doing that. In your life, when the Holy Ghost begins to work in your heart, that's the time to repent. But when we bow up against that and we resist that, and we do not repent of our sin, God says, "Okay, you're not gonna you're not gonna stop your sin. You're not gonna repent of your sin. I'm gonna stop the working of my Spirit in your life." And so, when the Lord prompts us about about sin in our life, that's when we need to repent. 
In fact, Isaiah the prophet in the Old Testament made a very profound statement. Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2. Look what the prophet wrote. He said, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. Notice verse 2. But your iniquities have separated you and your God. Your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Your hands are defiled with blood. Your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue have hath muttered perverseness. Sin will stop the, the flow of God's Spirit in anybody's life because God does not coexist. He does not cohabitate with sin in our hearts. So if we regard, in fact, the psalmist says this, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear my prayers. If we are intent on holding on to sin and we're stubborn about our sin, then that will prevent God from working in our behalf and through us. So it's sin. Number two, I would tell you that another thing that stops the flow of God's Spirit in our life is offenses. When we get offended, when people offend us, um, there is nothing that anybody, anything that anybody would say to you that should offend you. We, we live in a time when a lot of people are offended by the smallest of things, but that, not, that should not be a characteristic of the people of God. If people say things to you that are offensive, don't let them offend you. In fact, the prophet said this, that same prophet we just read from a moment ago. That prophet said, Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. Great peace have they that love thy law. Nothing shall offend them. Be, as, as Brother Hargrove used to say, Brother Hargrove used to say, be the person in the room that's the hardest to get offended. And what great advice, what a great uh, you know, thing to live by. Be the person in the room that's the hardest to get offended. Don't let people uh, ruffle your feathers. Don't let people bother you. Just, just you know, move on um, whenever people try to offend you. Well, they didn't shake my hand. They didn't treat me right. You know, so-and-so ignored me. Big deal. Move on. Let that be their problem. If, if, that, if that, Just don't, don't let things get offended you because what happens whenever, for example, if we come to church and we, we're offended, we come to church with a chip on our shoulder and we're grumbling, we're complaining, we're upset about this person or we're upset about that other person because they didn't treat us right, and then we try to step into the flow of the Spirit. All of a sudden, this offense in our heart, this offense in our life, it all of a sudden, it becomes a barrier between us and what God wants to do for us. And God says, you have to take care of that offense before I'm going to work through you. You have to take care of, of, that, of that bitterness, that grudge. You need to forgive. You need to let things go if you want me to work through you. Uh, in fact, Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 5, if you want to turn in your Bible over to Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 23. This is what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, if you bring your gift to the altar. Now pay attention to this. Look closely here. If you bring your gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee. He said, leave there thy gift before the altar. Go thy way. First be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer thy gift. If you come to church and you remember or you recognize or you recall that you have 
a grudge or you have a problem, you have ought against somebody else in the church or somebody else that's, that's hindering you or that's, that's causing you to be offended, Jesus said, stop right there. Don't go any further. He said, stop, go make things right with your brother. Then turn around, come back, and then offer your gift for God. Because offenses create a barrier of the flow of God's Spirit in our life. So we have to deal with them. We have to confront them. There have been times that I've gone to people more than once. I've gone to people and just asked them for forgiveness. Hey, forgive me. I, I, I messed up. I, you know, I did this. I did that. And I've asked people for forgiveness. And, you know, just I think without, without exception, people have said, oh, don't worry about it. But whenever I go to people and I ask them for forgiveness, I'm not really doing that for them. I'm doing that for me. I want to make sure my heart's right. I want to make sure that all my relationships with people here on this earth are right so that I can have a right relationship with God. I want the Spirit of the Lord to flow, and I don't want some grudge, some bitterness, some chip on my shoulder to prevent what God wants to do through me. Or I don't want any of that to hold back from what God wants to work through me. So offenses can stop the flow of the Holy Ghost. Another thing that I would tell you this evening that stops the flow of God. And this is very important in new life. I want you to pay close attention to this because it's very important that, that something that prevents God's Spirit from working through us as individuals and also as a church is carnality and worldliness. And maybe those could be divided up and be two separate, two separate categories, but I'm just going to lump them together as one. Carnality and worldliness stop the flow of God's Spirit and His presence in our life. Paul said that people that are in the flesh, they cannot please God. That's what carnality is. It's people who live after the flesh. It's people that are not spiritual. In Romans chapter 8, verse number 5, the Apostle Paul writes to the church, and I want you to pay close attention here. He said this, They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so here's what happens. Sometimes the Lord begins to deal with people, people in the church, people who have been filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Spirit of the Lord comes and the Lord begins to try to work through people. But they have become so immersed in the culture. They have become so wrapped up in the things of the world that their mind is not on God. Their focus is not on godly things, but their, their focus is on the things of the world, on the pursuits of the world. They're wrapped up in the things around them more than they are wrapped up in God. And when that happens, we get out of balance or we get, we get upside down in our worldliness and our carnality. We're all flesh and we all have to contend with our flesh. But the idea of a spirit-filled child of God is that they be spirit led, that they be spirit uh, filled, led by the spirit of the Lord, walking after the spirit. And so we do what God wants us to do and not what our flesh wants us to do. We focus on the things of the spirit instead of the things of the flesh. In fact, in this same chapter, he goes on in verse number 13, Romans chapter eight, verse 13. He said, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so we're striving tonight to be Spirit-led, to be led by the Holy Ghost, uh, doing what the Spirit bids us to do. When the, pro the Lord prompts us to, to reach out to somebody, when the Holy Ghost leads us to do something, to go pray for somebody or to, 
to ch- make a change or, or whatever it might be in ministry or the work of the kingdom and the work of the church. We want to be able to hear that. But when we're carnal, when we're worldly, when we're thinking about worldly things, we're going to miss that prompting. We're caught up in the deceitfulness of sin. We're caught up in the deceitfulness of riches or the cares of this life, as Jesus talked about. When we're caught up in all of those things, we miss what God wants to do. And it stops the flow of the Spirit of the Lord. That's why I emphasize, I try to emphasize as pastor, that when we participate in ministry, when we are doing the work of the Lord, and especially here in the context of a church service, that we come and pray, that we be spirit-led. If we're ushering, we want to be spirit-led. If we're greeting people at the door, we want to take time to pray and make sure we're spiritual people because the Lord may be leading us to somebody who needs help, and we want to be able to minister to them. If we're playing a musical instrument or we're preaching or teaching, if we're teaching a Sunday school class or we're teaching in the youth class or the kids' service or a Sunday school class, whatever we do, we want to be spirit-led not just not just performing a function, not just going through a ritual, and not just make church about just going through the motions, but I believe God's kingdom is, about, is a spiritual kingdom, and we do spiritual things, and we emphasize spiritual work, and so we want to be under the uh, leading and the authority of the Spirit, be spiritual-led people. A fourth thing here that I would remind us today Besides sin and offenses and carnality and worldliness, I would say that a thing that stops the flow of the Spirit is pride. It's a lack of submission to God. It's pride. It's, self, it's, it's promoting of self. And um, this is something that I think that every person, every person listening, every person deals with pride at one level or another. You say, oh, no, no, I'm humble. I, I'm, I don't have a problem with pride. Um, I think it affects every person at some level or another because it's because we are we are humanity and we have to we have to bring our flesh under subjection. We have to submit ourselves to God. And there are times that our pride says, no, I want to do what I want to do. I want to push forward. And oftentimes our pride wins. But the Bible says that God resists the proud. When God resist the proud that is saying that his spirit is not working in us his spirit is not flowing in us we are quenching the spirit here's what the apostle peter wrote uh, i'm going to read from first peter chapter 5 verse number 5 first peter chapter 5 and verse number 5 likewise you younger submit yourselves unto the elder yea all of you be subject one to another now, that, that could be a whole sermon in itself, subjecting ourselves to one another. Some people are of the mindset, well, I, I, I don't, I'm not submitted. I don't need to submit to anybody. Um, you know, it's just me and God, we've got this thing going on. And, and uh, this scripture is telling us everybody needs to be subject to somebody. Everybody, everybody needs to be under the authority of somebody, subject one to another. In the church, we are accountable to one another. And so he makes the very next statement. He says, be clothed with humility. See, when, whenever pride begins to pop up, when pride begins to lift its head, well, we're a, we're a son of Abraham. That's what the Pharisees thought. Well, we're children of Abraham. We don't need you, Jesus. Who are you, Jesus? Who are you, are you? What do you, how, who are you to tell us what to do? And the Pharisees, they thought, well, we've got our legacy. We've got our past. Don't you know who we are? We are, author, we are the authority of the church. 
And they had this mindset of pride. Pride will, will halt the Spirit of the Lord working in your life faster than anything. It's a self-reliance. It's an idea that I don't need you, I don't need God, I don't need anybody else. But Peter says, be clothed with humility, subject to one another. God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. I heard Brother Terry Shock say the other day at the camp meeting, when he, he was actually teaching from these very same verses where he said, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And Brother Shock, he said, he said, when if God is resisting you, it's over. That's what he said. If God is resisting you, it's over. There is no flow. There is no Holy Ghost working if we're proud. And so that's why we fast. We heard it Sunday. We talked about that in our life class. And, and we talked about how important it is to fast. We are humbling ourselves. We're humbling ourselves, subjecting ourselves one to another because we want the flow of the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Just like over there at Lake Eufaula, they built a dam there across the Canadian River, and the water began to build up, and that's what created Lake Eufaula. But very often they will open the gates of that dam, and the water begins to flow into the river. But you can, if you're ever there, when they, when they open or they close the gates, you can see the flow of the water closing off or opening up. And that's, that's what people do sometimes in their heart and their spirit and their mind. The Holy Ghost is flowing. He said, the Lord, Lord's trying to tell us what you have, what I've given to you, is not just for you, but it's for people around you. But sometimes we shut the gates down when we become proud, when we become carnal, when we get offended or we harbor sin in our heart. It's like closing the gates of Eufaula Dam. We are stopping the flow of the Spirit. And so we want to walk in the Spirit. We want to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a teacher. The Holy Ghost is leading us. And, and oftentimes we get into the Word of the Lord and we read something in the Scripture, and it's the Holy Ghost that enlightens what we read to us. It's showing us what we need to do and what we need to follow. Praise the Lord. We often talk about the anointing, and uh, that's, that's a common word we talk about in our services and in Pentecostal circles. We talk about the anointing. The anointing is the blessing of the Lord. The anointing is God working in people's lives. Um, the word used in the King James is unction. We have an unction from the Spirit. We have an unction from the Lord. We have a, an anointing through His Spirit. Amen. And we want to be anointed. We want to be anointed people of God. Every, every Christian, every saint of God, every person that's a part of new life, you need to be anointed by the Lord. That means the Holy Ghost needs to be at work. You need to be listening to the Spirit of the Lord. We need to be listening to what He's telling us, where He's leading us, what He's telling us to do. Um, and everything we want to do, we want to be led by the Spirit. Praise the Lord. It's like that ointment. It's that oil, that anointing that is flowing. Amen. And so I want to be anointed. I want to be consecrated. I want to be dedicated to the Lord so that the Lord is at work. And I don't want anything to prevent God from moving in my life. I don't want to have anything. And so I pray, God, if there's sin in my heart, Show it to me. Reveal it to me so I can repent of it. God, cleanse me. Make sure. Lord, is, is there anything in me that needs to be forgiven? Lord, wash me. Cleanse me. We're, we're, we want to prevent anything from stopping the Spirit of the Lord moving in our life. We want the Holy Ghost to fall. So I, I, would, I, just, I want to encourage you here tonight. Check your heart. Check your relationships. 
if, if God's not working, if, if, if you've come to church lately and, and you're thinking, I, I don't feel the Lord, I can't feel the Spirit of the Lord, I, I, I just don't, I feel like my prayers are being hindered. Check your, your motives, check your heart, check your relationships. See if there's sin, see if there's, are you offended, are you carrying a grudge? Get all of that out of the way and say, God, pour it out on me. Fill me, Lord, once again. Lord, and then flow through me. Lord, lead me to people that need help. Lead me to somebody that I, can, that I can minister to so that your kingdom goes forth, so that your kingdom grows and we become an effective worker in the kingdom of the Lord. Amen. So let the Holy Ghost flow. Let the Holy Ghost work in your life. Amen. That's what God has called us to. He says, quench not the Spirit. Don't let the Spirit just be bottled up within you, but let it flow through you. Amen. Why don't we pray together as we wrap up here? And uh, I want you to pray sincerely. If you're watching tonight, I want you to pray sincerely that God would that God would just begin to open those gates. If if things have been dammed up in your heart and your life, and uh, let's let's just pray that those gates would begin to open up, and that that you and I we would be used by the Lord. Can you do that with me right where you're at? Just pray with me, Heavenly Father. Thank you for your gift, the gift of your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your word that is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. But tonight, Lord, we recognize how much we need you to be at work in our hearts and our lives. Lord, if we're going to be an effective church, if we're going to be an effective worker in your kingdom, Lord, if our youth classes and our Sunday school classes, our children's church and kids club is going to be effective, if our, if our time of worship and our time of gathering is going to be effective, Lord, we need your Spirit moving in us. And I pray, O oh Lord, that if there are things that are hindering, things that are stopping the flow of the Holy Ghost, Lord, if there's not liberty, if there's not freedom when we gather together, I pray, Lord, that you would reveal those things to us and, and help us, O oh Lord, to remove them, to forgive us of those things. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would, Lord, guide us as individuals in our lives. Lord, not just on Sundays, but Monday through Friday. And our families and our homes, oh Lord. Let, Lord, let your spirit have free course and free reign in our life. And I pray a blessing, Lord, on, your, on our church family tonight. I pray, oh Lord, strength for those that are sick. We pray, Lord, for those that are facing adversity. Lord, we ask that your blessing would be upon us all. Lord, bring us back to your house at the appointed time according to your will. And I pray all of your blessings in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. May God bless you tonight. So happy that you could be a part of this online service and join us. Amen. Be in prayer. Be, be watchful. Uh, the Lord's coming back soon, and we want to be ready for His return. So be watching, be praying, and let the church, let's, let's just not be a church that gathers at 805 West Gentry, but let's go out and let's be the church. May God bless you. Have a great rest of your evening. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday, the Lord willing.